Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glicksman with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And uh, ASU's greatest basketball player has made news. Yeah, continue to. (laughs) And not in the best of ways to do so. Uh, It is now official. James Harden is going to the Brooklyn Nets. The Nets got Harden as part of a four-team deal that involved Jared Allen, Torian Prince, Karis LeVert, Rodion's Kurix. I can never say his name. Got me. Got me. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Uh, I'll I'll go along with that pronunciation because I have no idea. Four first-round picks were dealt, three of them going to Houston. Four pick swaps were exchanged, all to Houston. Uh, And... Victor Oladipo winds up with the uh, going from the Pacers to the Rockets. To the Rockets, yeah. yeah. Um, Which was an interesting little wrinkle of the deal that I didn't, I mean, not that I expected it, you know, but like I was kind of surprised. Like, why is Indiana trading Oladipo? Yeah, and uh, I believe Dante Exum also moved in this deal. Yes, yes, that's right. Former top five pick uh, who's on at least his third home now. And Oladipo, what, fourth team? Started with the Magic, went to OKC, yeah, then Indiana, now Houston. So, uh, yeah, I mean, for a for a pretty good player, he's been on the move a lot. And the Pacers dump Oladipo's contract, and he's yeah. he's returning to health. But they pick up Karis LeVert and a second round pick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I, like I, I'll be honest, I haven't followed the Pacer perspective of this probably as much because again, it was a surprise to me to see that in there. Uh, I mean, do you, have you read like? I, I read in the offseason there was some thought that Oladipo wanted to force his way out. But then he said he didn't. What was the impetus behind this? Like, is it is it still just that? I think it's a combination of money. Yeah. Because they have Levert under more control. I listened to sure. Zach Lowe breaking down the deal on his no podcast. And what they talked about is Oladipo's got, you know, effectively – Two years left on this deal, but okay. he's two years out of rehab. Levert right. has a lot, you know, a lot more flexibility. He's got yeah. this year plus two years, and is only thirty-six million dollars, which is cheaper. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, Levert's been good. I mean, that's that's uh, you know, I know people were surprised that the Nets were able to make the trade without including Dinwiddie, and and for the future that that may be relevant, but he's out for the rest of this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's a, that's a significant loss for them. Now, obviously, you know, in comparing just the players, Harden's a better player than Karis LeVert. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, you will not only lose LeVert, but you lose Jared Allen, who was good, good defensive big man. Well, and they had moved Allen into the starting rotation. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were already kind of weak defensively and now you take away your, your best interior defender. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's certainly banking on these three superstars and we'll talk we've got to probably talk about what the third being Kyrie Irving and the uncertainty with him um but you know it's it's banking on these three to carry you and and uh you know I was listening to a little Dan Patrick this morning and and they were going to have Barkley on I didn't I didn't end up hearing the actual interview but he said you know who wonder if Barkley's changed his mind since November when he was you know didn't think it was a good deal I don't know how you could now be higher on this concept than you were in November uh, you know, with everything going on with Kyrie and with Harden being really pathetically out of shape. I mean, uh, you know, and, and this is from somebody who loves James Harden. He's very out of shape. How well, you can feel better about this he than hasn't you did then. Tried. No, he like, hasn't. That's, that's the thing. I, I guess the one thing that's left for me is what 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 does he look like if he's trying? Right. And, and I think he probably will now. I mean, you would think, okay, he's gotten what he wanted. But here's the worry. One, how long does that take? Two, what if he gets injured because he's out of shape? I mean, yeah. you, you know, like you, you can't, you know, like basketball's different now. It used to be, you know, guys, uh, you know, every sport. We used to talk about that in baseball, too. You went to spring training to get yourself in shape. You went to training camp in the NFL to get yourself in shape. That's not the case anymore. These guys are supposed to be in shape 12 months a year. That comes with the territory of making, you know, seven, eight figures. Um, and, and he's not. And, and, you know, the schedule's tough right now. I mean, uh, you know, they're trying to pack a lot of games into a short amount of time. So, well, I don't and, know. 
And you've got, with all the Kyrie stuff, you've now got two guys who don't really seem interested in following the COVID protocols. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, again, you would think Harden, he's gotten what he wanted. Like, he, he, he played the spoiled brat, and he got what he wanted. And again, I mean, you and I both love James Harden. I don't think your opinion of him has changed. I know mine has not. I, I will always like him. But boy, he's made it tough to like him these last few months. I mean, he, he just has. Um, you know, I, I will because he's an ASU guy. But if he wasn't, he'd be somebody that I was rolling my eyes at thinking, God, this guy is really killing me. Kind of like Kyrie Irving. Yeah. Well, as soon as Kyrie Irving comes back, I'll be curious to see how, how the team plays together. Exactly. But, I, but you know, but I, I saw it was, I think it was uh, Bobby Marks, or I mean, not Bobby Marks, Sean Marks said today, yeah. Yeah. you know, the reason Kyrie was away had nothing to do with his feelings on this trade. It's like, yeah, that actually doesn't make me feel any better because That's now the this trade has happened. Right, might be right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and do, we, do we yet know a reason why Kyrie's away? I mean, it, we've, we've gotten speculation. But, um, you know, like, this is, this is the middle of the season. And, you know, I read, I mean, I, I don't know, just somebody on Twitter, I don't think it was a reporter, said, you know, he's, he's basically treating the NBA like a 9-to-5, and he's, you know, taking some PTO. Like, that's not how this works. Um, and, and I just, uh, he's, he's, a, he's a mental case. And he probably, I mean, if we're being honest, he probably does have some, some mental issues, if we were to look at it, because he just cannot stay on the on the path he just can't do it for one reason or another he's got to make trouble it appears yeah well and i saw i'm looking at malika andrews was tweeting marx's press conference and and he said that he's he spoke to uh irving and that the guard was quote excited to get back on the court but where's he been yeah (laughs) But yeah, he reiterates I mean, that that timeline will be impacted by the NBA's investigation into right. what he was doing, you know, so... At some party for his for his relatives or something, yeah. right? So we're, Birthday yeah, party or something. Two yeah. weeks away, probably, more. Yeah, yeah, And, and we're, yeah. this is week two of us being yeah. in it, so... Right, right. I mean, the only reason I suppose you could be more optimistic is that Durant has looked really good. Like, mm-hmm. the, you know, there was, there was doubt about how good was Durant going to look. Now, he's, he's coming off... You know, he's had, what, close to 18 months since he played, um, you know, between games. So he's had plenty of time to, to recover. He looks really good. You know, he's, he's uh, close to one of the league leaders in scoring, I believe. He's been good. But the other two, big questions. Now, if they play at their, at their highest level, yeah, this team is really scary. Um, but the question is, first of all, will they? You know, can they and will they? And also, can they... Even if they're all motivated to, they're all three guys who do their best when they have the ball in their hands. I mean, Kyrie's a great ball handler. Harden's a great ball handler. Durant's a great ball handler. None of them are spot-up shooters. There's no Clay Thompson among these three. And it's like, you know, hey, this guy can impact the game by taking, you know, 10 dribbles and he can score 30 points. That's not the way these guys are. Mm-hmm. It, it's going to be interesting I'm curious what Kyrie is going to think of this because he wanted to play with Durant. That appears to be like they were on the same page. And Durant appears to still like Harden. Yes. But Kyrie is a point guard who didn't agree to add another point guard ball dominant. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, and let's not forget it wasn't, what, four years ago that Kyrie forced his way out of Cleveland because he didn't want to share the spotlight with LeBron. And now he's sharing the spotlight with two guys. Like, you know, it's kind of one of those, like, if you if you want some schadenfreude, you know, this is it, in a way. Like, you know, like, you know, oh, you, you didn't want to be the, you know, number two guy to LeBron. Well, now you're the number three guy to Durant and, and Harden. Which, I mean, their resumes would say he is. Durant and Harden have MVPs on their shelves, and Kyrie doesn't. So, yeah, he is kind of the number three guy. Also, when you just choose to leave the team in the middle of the season, that's going to push you down the pecking order as well. Yeah. Um, I did see an interesting side note that this is the second time the player's been traded to Landry Shamit's team and forced Shamit to change jersey numbers. 
<laughs> really? Okay. Yeah, I didn't know he was wearing 13. He was wearing 13, and he was wearing okay. 23 in Philadelphia when Butler got traded there. Ah, so. gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> Rough. Okay. Okay. Well, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how they do. I mean, I, so I alluded to it, but what is what are your thoughts on Harden? Have your has your opinion on him changed at all? A little, but not a ton. I, I'm disappointed by the way he's handled things yeah. in Houston because, yeah, you know, Boogie Cousins is not the moral arbiter I look to <laughs> for things. But, no, but when he no. comes out and says, "Look, this wasn't the first thing he said about right. the team," right? You know, he's a leader. He's being paid a lot of money. And they gave him the keys to the kingdom. I I think this is an indictment in a lot of ways of Fertitta still. Yes. Um, yeah, probably so. This is one of those things to me that has no winners. Um, yeah. You know, no one comes out looking good. There might be winners on the court from the deals that got made. Sure, sure. I agree. I don't think it's going to impact Harden's... You know, shoe deal, I don't think it's going to impact anything monetarily for him at all. No, no. But I do think it's it's a bad look. If he was not an ASU guy, I would be hammering him. Because oh, agree. I'm, agree. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I'm already, you know, mentally, I, I've been just aghast at this Kyrie Irving thing. Yes, me too. Me too. I mean, we we texted about that a couple days ago, and I think uh, we're on the same page with that. Yeah, yeah. And I and I do think I recognize it's the era of player empowerment, and there's a lot of that that I think is good. But this was mm-hmm. not, you know, Anthony Davis saying, "Hey, look, I'm not going to sign here. Trade me, don't right. trade me. Play me, don't play me. But I'm not re-signing." Right. This it was is, it was is, Anthony Davis pushed a couple degrees higher. Yeah. I'd say. Like he took he took the baton from Anthony Davis and he ran it a few more yards down the field. Yeah, because he didn't just come out and say, you know, I I really like Houston. I, I yeah. think we're building in the right direction, but clearly, you know, this team's got some issues we need to work out or anything yeah. like that. And Davis, to his credit, first of all, he didn't say anything. It always was his people. True. True. Which, is maybe a distinction without a difference, but it as a fan, it matters. I agree. Yeah, you're right. You know, for for the practical purposes of the team, if Harden's agent said, look, trade him, he's going to be a malcontent mm-hmm. if you don't deal him, mm-hmm. That that's not really different than Harden just being a malcontent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but you're right. You're right. I mean, I, 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 I think... You know, I've made this comparison to you. I think we've talked about it that ASU, uh, you know, like sometimes the stuff ASU does, it's it's like having a you know a family member that you really don't agree with a lot of the things they do, but by God, they're family, so you're going to have their back even if they drive you crazy. And I kind of feel like that's how I feel about James Harden. Like I don't like how he handled this. It's a black eye for him in terms of perception. You're right; it's not going to affect him financially at all. But just perception, and and he was he was already not the most well perceived player for one reason or another, and now he's given people a great reason to dislike him. Um, but he's an ASU guy, and and so it's kind of like you know it's that old Animal House, like you know they can't do that to our pledges, only we can. I'm going to have his back because he's an ASU guy. Not only is he an ASU guy, but he is the ASU guy when it comes to basketball. He is he is the the face of the basketball program 11 years after he played here his last game. Yeah, and he has done either actively or passively a lot for ASU since he, he has. He, he has, he's yeah. always been on board for them using him in marketing. Right. He's made a point to, you know, throw the forks up when he hits a three against mm-hmm. the Suns. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know. Agreed. I mean, he's, he's embraced ASU... Uh, we embraced him, you know, I mean, he was, he was our gem recruit. Um, and, and he lived up to the billing conference player of the year. He took us to the tournament. He went five and zero against Arizona in a, in an era when that was hugely relevant. I mean, it's still relevant, mm-hmm. but you know, at the end of the two thousands, that was like, wow, that is the, you know, the biggest thing an ASU player could ever accomplish is to go undefeated against Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and and so I'll have his back. But yeah, I I don't like how this was handled. But you're right. I mean, it is. You know, LeBron, uh, LeBron's whole free agency back in 2010 set the tone that, you know, superstars in the NBA are going to have it their way. They were already, I mean, you know, Jordan had it his way and stuff, but, you know, the power balance really shifted in that moment, I think. And then we've seen other guys take it and run with it, whether it be Anthony Davis, whether it be Kevin Durant, um, and, and now James Harden is just the latest of, hey, I don't, I don't want to be here anymore and I'm going to make it unpalatable for you to keep me here. And that's exactly what he did. Yeah. It's just one of those things where he, if they win the title, then this all gets forgotten. In a way it probably will. Yeah. Yeah. It'll become a footnote. Yeah. 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 I mean, unfortunately he's burned a lot of bridges in Houston, I'm sure. Um, Now, you know, Apparently, Maury leaving was not something that was on his radar. Because I guess not. It just caused I, a complete meltdown. It did. It really did. Yeah, I mean, when you think about what it was, you know, 12 months. 12 months ago, they had, you know, Maury, Mike D'Antoni, James Harden, Russell Westbrook. That was the, the you know, the character of that team was, was those four guys. And now they're all gone. Uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, a quick changeover. Um, you know, I mean, uh, that you go back in time a little bit. I mean, that, that, that run with James Harden, and I guess he's the one who was there the longest, you know, the, the downfall was that series against Gold State when they were up three, two and Chris Paul gets hurt and, and they probably would have won the championship that year, mm-hmm. you know, cause the Cavs were not very good. Um, they, I think they would have rolled over Cleveland in the same way Gold State did in the finals. And, and who knows what we're, you know, you wonder just like, what's the perception of Chris Paul, James Harden, Mike D'Antoni, all those people if that happens. But it, it didn't happen. And now here we are with all of them in other places. It's, it's a stunning turn of events. You know, it you, is. It is. If, yeah. If yeah. you would have told me heading into last season Hey, this is all going away. Right, you know? right, right. And by, you know, 14 months later, all of them would be in different places. I, I would not have expected that. Yeah, just, but, just crazy. But it's, uh, you know, that's that's what makes sports sports, I guess, and certainly the NBA, you know, what it is. And, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see, you know, by the time we get to the playoffs in May, I guess, what does this Nets team look like? You know, will Harden have played himself into shape? Hopefully. Um, will Kyrie be back, you know, on the path of wanting to play basketball? Can they all stay healthy? I mean, let's, let's also not ignore that Kyrie Irving's injury prone. Very few years he's gotten through without having a significant time away for injury. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, it'll, it'll be really interesting. And if they are all healthy and they all are all playing, are they meshing? Or is it one of those where it just feels like this doesn't fit and come August, when we're into the trade market, is one of them on the move? I would not be surprised if that was the case. Yeah, seriously. Try to recoup some of those draft picks by trading. Probably not Durant. Durant is, is the guy, I think. But uh, could there be a possibility where you know Irving gets dealt somewhere else or Harden again? I think it's possible. Yeah, the only guy who won't be dealt is KD. I don't think so, yeah. Unless unless he makes it known that he wants out and he's going to pull a James Harden. Um, you know, he appears to be playing very well. I think he's, you know, at home in Brooklyn. You know, he, he likes the stage there and, uh, you know, but but we'll see. You know, makes it interesting and, and uh, see what happens as the season unfolds, I guess. Uh, speaking of the season unfolding. LSU basketball continues to not play. And yeah, well, and when they do play, they they don't look they, great. They tease. I mean, this this past weekend was a was a tough one because I think you could argue that with the guys we had available, probably the best efforts that we've had all year, and yet we still walk away with two losses mm-hmm. because it just wasn't there wasn't enough there to be, you know, two pretty solid teams. I mean, UCLA, I think, is the only undefeated team left in the conference, conference yeah. record-wise. And, and USC's got, they got talent. I mean, that Mobley kid is really good. 
Um, you know, so those are good teams. And when you're down, you know, four of your top, what, eight contributors, eight or nine, mm-hmm. it's hard to beat those teams. We came close. I mean, overtime loss in a game we were within, you know, two points with like four minutes to go. But, you know, close doesn't get you any wins. And in addition to having four games canceled and postponed, they've lost right. three straight. So their last win was the Grand, <laughs> Grand Canyon game. Yeah, it's been over a month. Yeah, yeah, which, yeah, we probably should have lost that. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's a season on the brink to steal the uh, title of the old Bobby Knight book. Um, I mean, it just you know you got to start you got to start making a lot of hay. You got to start doing it soon, or else your season's going to be over by mid March. Um, because uh, just you know, right now we're we're not even in the picture for the NCAA tournament. I mean, we we got to start stringing together a lot of wins to even be on the radar. Yeah, we're. I saw our projected power ranking was mm-hmm. outside of the top 100, and that yeah, not going to get yeah. you in that large. It's not. It's not. You know, I mean, we just. You know, obviously, nobody's non-conference season was normal because we're less games. But you know, we we played Villanova, and that's a good game to play. But we didn't win. Um, we didn't get the Baylor game that was scheduled. Um, we we lost to San Diego State, who's a good team. But, you know, again, a chance for a, for a good win, didn't get it. Uh, bad loss to UTEP. And and now, the, you know, the conference is not particularly great. Conference had another bad non-conference season, which seems like a, an annual story. That the Pac-12, you know, lays an egg in non-conference season. Um, so you're looking at probably having to be one of the top, you know, two or three or four at most teams in the conference. And that's We're not, not on a good right track now. right now. Yeah. No, no, you know, so... We'll see. We'll see. I mean, uh, there's always that conference tournament, you know, that hangs out there that you think, well, if every, everything come together right that week. Um, and I still think that the pieces are there for something like that to happen, but maybe they're not. I mean, maybe we just, uh, I say we, maybe I just need to be honest about the shortcomings of this team uh, and, and realize it's just not going to be what I thought. Yeah. It's, Disappointing because you Very. feel like the pieces are there. Very disappointing. And yeah, I, I really like Bagley. I, I think me he, too. I think me he's too. probably too good. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I read a mock draft on the Athletic. I think that had him actually going before Christopher. Had them both in the first round, but had him a couple spots higher. I think so. Uh, you know, this is this is the thing that I think we discussed as a worry in October when we were looking ahead to the season was, you know, you got these two good freshmen, and what you don't want to have is a season like, you know, what LSU had when they had Ben Simmons. And it's like, oh, we had the number one pick, but we didn't do anything with it. Or Washington when they had Markel Fultz. These guys aren't going number one, but, you know, for us to have two first-round picks would be unheard of. I'm not sure ASU's ever had two first-round picks in the same year. Uh, certainly not, you know, the last 20-plus years. No. And it just feels like we're going to waste it. I mean, we're, and, and not only did we have these freshmen, but we had the, the guys returning, too. The veterans that made you think, I mean, again, I, I said this before the season, like, what a good mix. Freshman talent, veteran guys to go along with them that you are, you know, you can rely on, but it just has not come together this year. Uh, for a lot of reasons, you know, some off the court, some on the court, it just hasn't produced the results I expected. Yeah, anywhere close to it, I should say. The it's it, the seesaw between ASU football and ASU basketball for who I am thrilled about and who I am just devastated <laughs> and bereft after thinking about. Well, yeah, it's it's flipped since uh, what. But uh, mid-November, or late November, when the basketball season started and the football was on pause and they'd blown the game to USC and it felt like, eh, wasted season for football. God knows what's going to happen. But basketball, it's right there. now it's totally flipped. Now it's like, eh, wasted season for basketball. But, man, I, I mean, I texted you and I was serious about it. Like, I can't wait for August. I'm reading about these guys coming back, and I'm, I'm ready, man. I'm ready for 2021 football. Uh, I was hoping basketball would tide me over for a couple months until then, but it doesn't look good. No, it appears unlikely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but I, you know, I hey, we're going to have a lot of time to talk about 
the ASU football season, and I can't wait. Um, but uh, I am very excited by you know what we've got returning, and you know just what's what's ahead for us. So you know, and what we saw at the end of the year. I mean, that's the other thing that gives you excitement. Is yeah, it wasn't two two very good teams we played, but but we looked good and we finished strong, and it's like okay. We're, we're putting stuff in position to make a real run at things next year. The overall season, we can put a bow on it as Alabama beat up mm-hmm. Ohio State to claim, yeah. I don't know, 200th national title in 203 years. It feels like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, what's funny is this, and just a side note, you know, like people, oh, Alabama wins every year. Like, well, no, because last year LSU won. And, and they beat Alabama on the way. And Clemson beat Alabama two years ago. Like, you know, I mean, I, I know people get tired of, of the same teams unless you're a fan of that team. I get it. And, yes, Alabama's been a presence at the top of college football for about, what, 12, 13 years in a row now, which is amazing. But they don't win every year. They do get beat. And, and you know, that's what's fun. I mean, look, that's what's fun about sports is seeing the big dog get beat. Because then it means something when they do. When LSU went into Bryant Denny last year, and Burrow had a great game, and Edwards Alaire, and those guys made their legacies in part because of that game. Yeah, true. It's it's just to me the and I root for Alabama, but the idea what I'd like once, and we're not going to get it probably, but but if we could have a Final Four that didn't include Clemson, Alabama, or Ohio State in it. Yeah, and, and I, I don't know that that's coming soon. I, um, think, I, I, I think it will happen. I mean, I, you know, it's it's funny. I was, I was kind of thinking, you know, as the season ends and you think back to, okay, what are the big moments of the season? And I was thinking, well, you know, you had, you had significant moments. You had, you know, and I'm just kind of going through them in my mind randomly. Like, well, Ohio State got that win over Clemson. That was huge for them. Notre Dame beat Clemson. And then I'm thinking, wow, 10 years ago, if you had told someone Ohio State, Notre Dame would have season-defining moments by beating Clemson, they would have said, what? So, it, it, you know, the, the, the tide does turn, and no pun intended there with the tide. Like, you know, Clemson showed you can you can go from mediocre to great. Takes a lot, and, and they did a lot. Um, but it, it can be done, and I, and I think it will. But it doesn't change overnight. You know, that's not, that's just not how college football works, where, you you know, next year it's going to be, you know, Michigan and ASU and, uh, you know, Texas and Florida State. It, that's not going to happen. It takes time. Mm-hmm. I'd like it. I'd like those four teams to be in the playoff, as I thought of them. But it's probably not going to happen. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's a top-heavy sport, uh, and, 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 you know, I've heard the argument we talked about, obviously, in great detail last week, like, you know, expanding the playoff, and does, does expanding the playoff mean you're going to have different teams win? No. It just gives more teams a chance, and, and what you hope is that if you give more teams a chance, that recruiting sort of evens itself out a little, because right now, if you're a big-time recruit, you know, your, your list is very select because you're thinking, hey, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma, uh, you know, maybe Notre Dame. Between those five schools, that's 22 of the 28 playoff spots so far in seven years. So you're going to you're gonna go those places because you think, well, those are the places I can win. Yeah. If you expand it, you expand the pool of places you could potentially get there. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what changes, if any, start coming to college football in the wake yeah. of what's happened this year. Um, yeah. You know, one, are we going to see less bowls? Are we going to then see I'm... more coach movement because you can't point to your cheese it for victory? <laughs> true, true. Yeah, yeah. yeah that. I, I mean, and I know this, I'm using a guy who is very much old school, but, you know, when Texas fired Tom Herman, you know, the next day, PTI's on and Kornheiser says, you know, I was stunned by that. He's 4-0 in bowls. I'm like, come on, Tony. Get with the times, man. Yeah. Going 4-0 in bowls when, when you know, two Alamo bowls and one Texas bowl is among your four, that's not going to get it done. It just, that doesn't, that doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. What's his record against Oklahoma? That matters a lot more. 
Well, how do you think Stark will do? Uh, you know, I I can't say I'm super confident because I don't think I'd be super confident about anybody. That's a it's a very tough job, and you've got a lot of pressure from a lot of people, and they expect greatness quickly. Um, I hope it works out for him. Obviously, you know I like Texas, and so I you know whoever they hired, I would hope it works out. Um, I respect his story. Uh, you know, I respect that he seems to have overcome his demons and went to Alabama and, you know, rehabbed himself both, you know, off field and coaching wise and did a great job. I mean, a, an amazing job this year, like to, to see what their offense was, even after losing Jalen Waddell, which for 99% of teams would have been a death knell. You lose a great receiver like that and been, man, you know, and they got better. And, and then, you know, even in the second half of that title game, you know, Devontae Smith goes out and they're still moving the ball. Like, does it, does it matter who they have playing? They, they can move the ball no matter what it seemed like. So give the guy a lot of credit. Um, can't wait to see what he does, with, especially with Bijan, because I, I think he's got big things in store. But can he win at a high enough level to get people off his back? I don't know, man. Uh, I hope so. That's all I can say. It seems unlikely unless he is in the national title game in, in the first four years that he would I get agree. a year five. Or at the very least, knocking on the door. Like, a, a, you know, like you're you're winning the Big 12 and you're left out of the playoffs because there's four other undefeated teams or, some, you know, something like that. Um, it's got to be close, you know, because Tom Herman, you know, look, he was, I'm not going to cite 4-0 in bowl games. That doesn't matter. But they were... They were pretty good for three years in a row. They weren't great. They were pretty good. You know, two year two, they, they finished top ten in the country. They won the Sugar Bowl. Three and four, a little bit of a step back from that. But still, you know, top top three in the Big 12 both years. Nine-plus wins last year. I think they went eight and three this year or something like that. Um, he wasn't bad. And it still wasn't enough. And, and so, you know, that gives you an idea how high the pressure is. Mm-hmm. Texas has never stopped feeling like they should win. It, you know, no, and they won't. The title and they won't. You know, I mean, that, that's because, and, and in a way, I can understand why their fan base, especially their very rich and powerful fan base, feels that way. Because, you know, we look at, we've talked about Nebraska. Nebraska is a team that gets discussed a lot. And it's like, boy, you've got to realize that times have changed. And, and they, they should. Nebraska is never going to be what they were with Bob Devaney and, and Tom Osborne. Um, but, but for Texas, you look at the resources you've got. You look at the talent right in your own state every year. And you think, why are we not great? And, I, and, and there's not a great answer for that. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's true. And they're getting out hustled for those guys by... They are. By LSU, by Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Yes, yes. I mean, it. you know, like... You know, you're never going to get them all. I mean, you know, like I remember a few years ago, there was all these you know Texas quarterbacks in college, Andrew Luck and Robert Griffin, and you know they were all from Texas high schools. And like, boy, you know Texas did well. You're not going to get them all, but you've got to get the right ones. You've got to get enough of them that you're really good. And I mean, that team that won the national championship with Vince Young, I think the number was like you know ninety percent of their starters were from Texas, went to high school in Texas. So. You can go right in your own backyard, relatively speaking, and get national championship level talent. So you got to get it. You know, you just you got to get it. You got to coach it up. And and for a decade now, it hasn't happened. Yeah. Well, you are the school of the state. You, you are. You, should you are. Have, in theory, your pickings, and you certainly shouldn't be losing people to Baylor. No, exactly. I mean that one. That one was one I remember that stood out because you know, like, oh, Texas wasn't interested in Robert Griffin. Then he goes to Baylor and he wins the Heisman. Um, which you're going to have those misses. I mean, nobody's perfect in recruiting. I mean, Alabama, as good as they are, uh, you know, I was looking because I was looking at that 2017 class and how good that class was, and then I was looking at their more recent ones. According to 24/7, which is like you know the consensus ranks, their top recruit in 2018 and 2019, neither one is still there. And they barely played when they were there. So they missed 
they swung and missed on a huge high profile, but they get enough other ones that it doesn't matter. Yeah, but when you, you know, got they, nine five star guys, right, <laughs> right. I mean, when you miss on on that, I think his name is Antonio Alfano, who never played a game there, and he transferred to Colorado. Now I think he's left Colorado. Um, you know, but it doesn't matter when you've got enough other guys to make up for it. And Texas, you know, rightly or wrongly, and, and I, I lean toward rightly, their fans believe they should be that same way. Because why not? I mean, again, Nebraska is a different animal. Nebraska doesn't have that kind of talent in their backyard. They got to go get it. And with the scholarship numbers being different than they used to be, it's like there's there's tangible reasons why Nebraska is not going to be huge powerhouse Nebraska again. There really isn't though for Texas. There really isn't a, a, a legit excuse why that can't be done. Yeah, very true. So. We'll see. We'll see, you know, but I'm uh, I'm curious to see how he does. I hope he does well. Uh, the pressure is only going to ratchet up, too, if Texas A&M continues. I mean, they know they're not in the same conference anymore, but they're still hated rivals, and, and they've made a lot of progress. I think, uh, you know, if you, you you said, you know, you'd like to see new, new teams in the mix. I mean, if you were going to pick one in the entire country that, you know, hasn't been to the playoff before that you feel like they got a pretty good chance to make one, I I think A&M's your best choice, right? Yeah. Just what, what they've shown, what they've done in recruiting, coach, all that. Well, they were on the doorstep this year. Right, right. They continue to recruit well. And, and you know, Jimbo shown once already that he can build a national championship program. So, you know, you, you feel like there's, there's enough there that, you know, he can do it again. One coach who we've seen who's built national title programs, uh, Urban Meyer on his way to Jacksonville, maybe – depending on yeah. what source you read and, and what, <laughs> what tweet you believe. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I'm going to root against him. I I don't have strong feelings about Jacksonville, but no, I, I, don't I don't like him, and therefore I will root against them. Well, I don't like him either. Now, if they do, as, as almost everyone assumes, draft Trevor Lawrence, I will root for them because I like Trevor Lawrence, and I'd like to see him have success. Uh, my... My only hope is, you know, I've heard that he's assembling this great staff. Haven't heard any names, but, you know, boy, he's got a staff in place. My hope is that there's a ready-made successor, somebody on that staff who's like, you know, he's ready to step in because I just don't believe Urban Meyer is long for that job or any job. I mean, Urban Meyer's history tells you that after about three years, he gets restless and he's got to create some drama and he'll either be flirting with going back to college or he'll be, you know, more health troubles and he's got to step away. Whatever it will be, it's not long-term. Because I just don't think he's got long-term in him. Yeah. I I did enjoy you your mention of going back to college. I did enjoy the uh, Lane Kiffin quote during a press conference where he said, What can I tell you? I'm not going to take the Alabama job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's the, nobody, nobody stirs the pot like old Lane. Uh, you know, but man, he's, he's going to be fun. I mean, that, you know, we've talked about A&M and we're talking about Alabama. The SEC West is, is the division to watch over the next couple of years, isn't it? At least you got, oh, yeah. you got LSU and can they, you know, rebound from a bad year? Uh, Alabama's great. You got A&M development and then you got Ole Miss with Kiffin, Mississippi State with Leach. Auburn with a new coach like that. That's an, that's an exciting division, man. Uh, every program in it, even Arkansas, which had a decent year this year, you know, showed some life. Like, there's something to be interested in all seven of those programs. Yeah. It, it is probably top to bottom the best division. In I would football. say. And, and just, you know, the, the fact that now you've probably got, with A&M joining those ranks, you've probably got four programs in that division that their, their fans expect – you're going to be a national championship contender on a regular basis. And if you're not, get out. You know, Auburn feels that way. LSU feels that way. Certainly Alabama feels that way. And A&M is getting there. Uh, you know, it's and not all of them will be. It's a simple fact that not all four can be. So, you know, who's going to be eaten alive by that pressure? It'll be fun to see. For sure. Uh, Matt, before we wrap up, briefly, let's uh, touch on the NFL playoffs. Yes, yes. The Rams upended the Seahawks. The Bucks held off the Washington footballers. 
Valiant effort from Washington, but not quite enough. Yeah. Yes. I, I, I hope, and this is selfish because if he wants to retire, more power yeah. to him. He has nothing to prove to anyone. Yeah. But I hope Alex Smith comes back and completes a year. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I see that, and yet I'm not sure he can. So there's a part of me that thinks, like, look, you showed you could come back. You showed you could play, win some games, and, and maybe this is the time to, you know, say, all right, I'm done. I don't know. I mean, it would be an interesting year for quarterback uh, retirement drama. Uh, you know, everybody seems to think Breeze is going to retire, but then you got, you know, Rivers, Roethlisberger, who kind of looks like he should. Roethlisberger is yeah. approaching a Farvian level of retirement flirtation. Retirement drama, yes, yes. But for me, I'll, I'll compare him to another guy who's very near and dear to my heart. The second half of this year, Reminded me a lot of the second half of 2014 for Peyton Manning, when it just it just went, it just wasn't there anymore. Like remember, he got off to a really good start that year. He set the touchdown record, and then in the second half, he just didn't have it anymore. And they bowed out in the playoffs in their first game. Now they did. He did come back the next year and they won the Super Bowl, but not because of him playing great again. I mean, you know, they won, and it was a great farewell. But you know, you can't count on that. And I just, uh, boy, I watched Roethlisberger a few times and I thought, I'm having flashbacks to 2014 Peyton Manning when it's just physically not there anymore. Yeah, for sure. So I kind of hope he retires too. Don't know if he will. Um, but, you know, it'll be interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree in some ways about Alex Smith and in other ways I think, like, maybe you've run the race and just, just be content with it. Yeah. Um. I think the team I was the happiest for was Buffalo. Me too. Absolutely. You know, that was that was nice. That yes, was- it was. It was. Get a home game and and, you know, play well and hold on and it was a good game. I mean, you know, that was that was probably the best game of the six this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um and, and yeah, it was good to see and I'll tell you that that's the game I'm the most excited for this weekend is, is Ravens Bills. I can't wait to watch that one. That should be good. I don't think Browns Chiefs will be particularly good, but mm. yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I do you think the Chiefs roll over them easy? I think the Browns like that was that was it. That was the pinfall. Yeah, it they, could be. They you know it could they be. beat them down. They had a twenty eight point lead before you could blink. Yeah, it could. It could. I mean, I guess you could make the comparison to you know that Ohio State beating Clemson was their their pinnacle. That was their national championship, basically. And you could say maybe that was the same with the Browns taking down the Steelers. And uh, But, boy, they, they played pretty well, and now they get some guys back who weren't playing. I, gotta, I don't know. I, I think Kansas City will win. So, you know, we'll do our picks. Uh, I'll pick Kansas City. Um, but I'm not sure it's going to be easy. I think it might be one of those that, you know, they got to pull out some fourth-quarter magic with Mahomes again to do it. Yeah. I guess last year that was their M.O. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, and they did it a lot this year. You know, they won a lot of games where it was like, you know, they, they kind of flipped the switch in the second half, and you expect them to do that. And it, I think they will win, but I don't feel super confident in them. I'm taking every home team. I'm okay, taking, I'm not. I'm you're not. taking the I'm, Ravens to beat the Bills. I am. I am. Now, I will tell you the the weather there makes me a little, giving me a little trepidation because, I, you know, Lamar Jackson said he's never played a snow game and it's supposed to snow. Well, so, I, you know, like, cold. You know it's cold, cold. Yeah, I mean, and it's a, he's a Florida kid. You know, he's not got a lot of background in bad weather. Um, uh, you know, but, but I, I'll tell you, I think the Ravens, I've thought it for a few weeks, the Ravens remind me of last year's Chiefs. They spent most of the year kind of sputtering. They thought, boy, they're just not playing as good as the year before. And then they got hot, and they went five in a row to finish the year, and then they, they, you know, they didn't get home field. You know, the Chiefs, obviously, they got a bye. They ended up with home field, all that. But they kind of remind me of that team that, like, they're finding their stride at exactly the right time. Yeah. So I am taking the Ravens. I'm also taking Tampa. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't want that to be the case. I, say, I will root for emotional? New Orleans. Is this an emotional hedge? Um... It's a little bit of that, but it's also, I just, I don't know. I just, like, I've watched New Orleans the last few weeks, and they remind me a lot of New Orleans last year, mm-hmm. which is 
they're not finishing all that strong. I, I, I just, you know, the home field advantage isn't going to be that strong. You know, they they got some fans, but, you know, it's not crazy 70,000 screaming fans in the Superdome. Um, and I just, you know, again, I don't want it to be the case, but I feel like Tampa's playing better of late. Now, one could argue that Tampa playing better of late is a product of having a weak schedule to finish. And, and, and they did. Um, but still, it just kind of feels like they've sort of found their rhythm and New Orleans doesn't. I mean, if the Bears could have, if the Bears could have put a touchdown on the board in the third quarter, I think they could have won that game. Yeah. The, the Saints were sputtering, but they just couldn't get anything going offensively. But they, did. they did. I mean, they, they, you know, the drop touchdown. God, that guy, Wims, uh, like yeah. what a bow. I mean, you know, I know he didn't do it on purpose. Yeah. Oh my God! I mean, a perfect throw, and uh, they just, they just coach scared. They really do. Like they, they. Their strategy just seems to be like, well, let's just try to get to the finish line and score just enough points, and that that doesn't get it done. And I, I mean, I know Trubisky isn't great, but turn it loose, see what happens. If he throws four picks, oh well. But they seem to they seem to coach that game afraid. Well, and it's funny because you saw what Washington did with Heineke, right? And right? Like, isn't this what you thought you were getting with Trubisky? With Trubisky, yeah, a guy who could get out of the pocket, run, and and. Yeah, I mean, they just, they seem to have, have, you know, snipped his balls away, basically, and, and uh, he just, you know, everything is so, you know, short passing, uh, you know, hand the ball off to Montgomery, and like, that that works against bad teams, but, you know, week 17 against Green Bay, and then week, week 18 against the Saints, it, it doesn't work against those type of teams. Yeah, it's just interesting when you see, like, what Josh Allen's doing, and yes. you think, well, can, yes. couldn't this be... Couldn't have beat Trubisky if he had been. Yeah, I mean, Allen is a great example of like what what good coaching and good team development can do for a young quarterback. Yeah, because his rookie year he wasn't very good. He, he was not. Remember the game we saw? He was horrendous in Green Bay. Horrendous. And two years later, he's an MVP candidate. Yeah, he. It, it's funny because this is what a plan looks like. Yes. Yes, like good, stable coaching, same coach, same offensive coordinator. And then over the past few years, they brought in talent. They signed John Brown. They signed Cole Beasley. They traded for Stephon Diggs. And they've, they, you know, and they brought in good running backs, offensive line. Like, you know, they've built a team that's allowed him to be good. And he's improved, too. I'm oh, yeah. not selling him short. But, like, this is how you develop a young quarterback. Well, and and did, then you look at other examples. Nick Foles. You right. Know, they didn't bring right. in somebody else and just say, well, I mean, I guess you could win it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's like they, they've gone with, hey, he's our guy. Let's build around him. Let's give him better talent. Again, I mean, you know, and I know, I mean, the Bills just weren't that good that year overall. But, man, when, when, when we walked out of Lambeau Field that day at the end of September in, in 2018, if you had told me this guy's going to be an MVP candidate two years from now, I'd have thought you were insane. He is, you know, he was great, and I'm glad to see it. I, I'm rooting for him. I, I like people who make the experts seem dumb, and so far he's doing just that. Yeah, you know, Mahomes threw for 4,700 yards and 38 touchdowns, and Allen threw for 4,500 yards and 37 touchdowns. Like yeah. it wasn't a crazy gap. It was not. You know? It was not. No, no. I mean, I think he probably is probably third or fourth in MVP voting this year. Yeah. I think Rodgers will win it, and I think Mahomes will probably finish second. But, you know, Josh Allen, Derrick Henry probably is your 3-4. Yeah. Which, as a side note, like, transport yourself back in time and tell somebody that a guy ran for 2,000 yards, led the league in yards and touchdowns, his team won the division, and he's not going to win MVP. That would have been been insane in the 1970s. Been like, well, what do you mean? This guy's the greatest player in, in all time. Well, could you imagine that guy playing in the 1970s? It'd be like Jim Brown all over. I know, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy. Like, the, you know, he had the quietest 2,000 yard season. I, I mean, I read, I, I didn't even know he was close. I read a tweet in week 17. Like, oh, he just became the eighth guy or whatever to run. I'm like, he did? What? Uh, okay, great. Um, one, <laughs> one final thing. The, uh, the Rockets, to bring it full circle, were magnanimous with a goodbye and thank you, James Harden tweet. Oh, that's good. That's good. I mean, you know, 
hopefully fences can be mended over the years and he can, you know, when, when the time comes, his career's over, you know, retire his jersey, whatever. You know, I mean, he, he was a great player for that for a long time. Yeah. You know, won, won scoring MVP, titles, yeah. won an MVP. Uh, you know, yeah. I mean, short of Hakeem Olajuwon, mm-hmm. who's the standard for the Rockets, I, I mean, I think, could, like, could you argue he's and, the second best? I think it's him and Yao Ming. Yeah, yeah. And yet I would say his career with the Rockets was better than Yao Ming. Oh, for I mean, sure. Yao, Yao had a, a cultural impact. He made, you know, like he's huge star in China and all that. But, you know, I would say so. I mean, I, you know, I guess there's, what, Elvin Hayes from before Hakeem, uh, if you go way back. But, you know, I think, I think, uh, I mean, Hakeem is the Rockets. He's the guy you think of. I think short of that is James Harden. Yeah. I'm biased, admittedly. But, uh, uh, you know, it'll, I hope, I hope, you know, in the future, and generally that's what happens. You know, the, the people who were there when you had your bad exit, they start to leave. I mean, we saw it with Favre and the Packers. It couldn't have been a much more acrimonious departure. But they've come back together. They're, you know, they sing Kumbaya now, and hopefully that'll happen with Harden and the Rockets, too. Yeah, agreed. So, real quick, I'll say this. You may not love me saying this. My pick to win the Super Bowl right now is Green Bay. Well, I, I hope you're right. I, uh, I think they're the best team right now. They're the team I feel the most confident in. I will continue to be nervous. I think I'm developing an well, answer. Um, <laughs> I understand. I mean, yeah, I, I don't I don't expect you to boldly proclaim that because that's not that's not how either of us operates when we're emotionally invested. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm not. I mean, I probably probably if I could pick a team that I wanted to win the most, it'd be Buffalo. I think it'd be awesome to see them win a Super Bowl. Um, so I'm not picking against them because I don't want them to win at all. I just think Baltimore's rolling. I, right now, I'd go, I'd go Green Bay, Baltimore as my Super Bowl matchup. Well, I hope you're right. I I will continue to just not say any names and just say okay. I'm going to pick every home team to win. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> all right, all right. That might get tougher next week if there's only two games to look ahead to. Yeah. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. So, but yes, it uh, should be a fun weekend, and we'll see. We'll see who shakes out and who's among the last four. Yeah. Indeed, we will. Until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.